You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, what we're going to try and begin tonight is going to be a series of shirim that have been, in me, waiting to be given for some time, but there's been some resistance internally, externally. But nevertheless, we're going to start speaking about the Mitla Rebbe, the Admar HaEmsai, the second generation of Hasidus Lubavitch, the son of the Bahatanya, Rav Dov Ber Shnuri, known as the Mitla Rebbe. And one of the reasons that I think it's so difficult to speak about the Mitla Rebbe is because Lubavitcher Rebbe, Slusia Ganalenu, described that the unique expression of the Mitla Rebbe was related to the concept of Rehova Sanahar, the expansivity of a river. Meaning to say, what the Balhatanya did was he was Mamshich the Torah of the Magid of Mizrich, who was Mamshich and Magala the Torah of the Balsham Tavakadosh. Now, the Balhatanya had a unique opportunity that, aside from being a Talmud, he was also Chavrusas with the Magid's son, Ravavram HaMalach, and therefore he was also able to receive the Moichin of a father. And the Balhatanya famously says that there's a way in which a teacher teaches a student, and there's a way that a father teaches a son. A teacher teaches a student the chitzonias hasechel, giving over the concepts and the ideas and their applicability and the porous boundaries in which they can be applied from concept to concept. But a father gives over pinimias hasechel to the son. A father offers over the innermost essence of who he is to the son. So not only was Roshner Zalman of Liadi a Talmud of the Magad of Mizrich, he was also connected in a deep way to the son of the Magid, which meant that he was able to receive a Pishnaim. He was able to receive the Chitzonius and the Pnimius Hasechel, Ad Kedekach, that Rav Shner Zalman and the Hishtalshalus of the Nesie Hador, the seven generations of Hasidus Labavitch, become identifiable with one of the fundamental Zramim of understanding the Torah of Hasidus in its clarified way. As we see, there's really no other Hasidus that comes close to the massive output of information, of clarification of concepts, as well as we'll see pushing the boundaries of which concepts can be discussed. The Balhatanya gave over the ideas, really for the first time, especially in the Torah Shebechsav of Hasidus, which is the Safran Shalbenanim in Sefer Atanya, but as well as Lakute Torah and Torah Or, as well as the Ma'amarim themselves and the Igros of Hulei. But what the Balatanya gave over was the, the Gufa Seichel. The Balatanya gave over the ideas in their truncated form. Meaning to say the Balatanya expanded and expanded and expanded, but nevertheless, what was given over was the osios of the ideas. Comes along the Mitla Rebbe, 
in accordance with what Lubavitcher identified his power as. And he takes these ideas that were yoyred in a vertical way from above to below, a perspective of oyrech. These ideas of the Balhatanya came down from above to below. And what the Mitle Rebbe did was he expanded them in an aspect of Roichev. He expanded them in width. He took the kernel of the idea and he applied it over and over and over and over again, abstracting the fundamental kernel at the heart of the osios of his father. Because as we're going to see, the Mitle Rebbe's avoida was really to be Mazbir, the osios of his father, as opposed to the, the Mitle Rebbe's best friend, Ravaran Halevi, who was giving over the kavana, so to speak, of the Balatanya's teachings. But what the Mitle Rebbe did was he took a kernel of an idea that was rooted in its place, in its placement, and he expanded it to the extent that it could be applied everywhere and in all manners of expression. When a person looks at the writings of the Mitle Rebbe, what a person encounters is an expansivity and a, a lengthiness in writing that one really finds again for the first time in the Rebbe Rashab, that there is such a fullness of expression. Each and every idea is opened up, not only Ba'oyrech, which means on a level of Chachma from above to below, but also from a perspective of Roichev and Amkus, which is a perspective of expanding the area of which that idea covers. Now, the Mitle Rebbe was unique in the sense that he was Mokusher to this Nakuda of Rehova Sanahar, to the ability to take the idea and expand it in all directions. What the Lubavitch Rebbe points out, and we're going to see that this is going to be one of the cruxes of what we're going to be discussing in the series of Shirim on the Mitla Rebbe, is that the Mitla Rebbe was Mokusher to the Inyan of Bina. If the Balhatanya was an Indian of Chachma, and we've discussed the Moichin of Chachma and Bina, and we're going to do it again in a moment, but if the Balhatanya was Chachma, the Mitla Rebbe was Bina, and the Tzemach Tzedek was Das. But in order to understand the full potency of such a statement, we have to again kind of introduce the concept of these Moichin. Chachma, as we know, is a full burst of expression. It is a lightning bolt of an idea that emerges yet disappears as quickly as it emerged. It is given over in its rigidness. It's given over in the way that it's expressed, in the way that it's written. Nothing more and nothing less. Chachma is a sudden burst of expression, yet as sudden as its appearance is its disappearance. Chachma leaves us with the knowledge that something profoundly large is here, but it does not necessarily give us the handles in which we can access exactly what is here. When a person learns the Balatanya, yes, there is an expansivity at the heart of the Balatanya's Torah. And there is an expression, ad of what the Balatanya was trying to convey. But without the Meshalim and without the Hisrachvus of the Mitla Rebbe's teachings, there would be, so to speak, a certain deficiency in the applicability of the ideas. Phrased differently, the Chachma is the Seichel. The Chachma speaks to the mind of the individual. 
Chachma speaks to the moichin of the individual, uh, a cold, sober way of living with a moyach hasholit al halev. As we know from the heart of Tanya, the tachlis of the Balatanya's teachings was for the moyach to be sholit al halev, for the intellect to show its prowess and its power over and above the emotionality that the human being is susceptible to. Chachma is the coldness of the mind in its pure expressivity, devoid of any emotional entanglements. It's a vertical expression from above to below, nothing more, nothing less. Bina takes that kernel of content, it takes that sudden burst of expression, that baraka mavrik, that initial thought of koyachma, of this is what it is and not some other thing, and it expands it. Bina is hamevin davar mitoich davar. Bina is able to look at the singular and unified kernel of the idea of Chachma, and it's able to recognize that this singular idea is in truth comprised of many parts that are interconnected that reveal a sum total greater than the sum of its parts. But Bina is able to disassemble a unified whole for the sake of identifying the parts and understanding one part from within another part, at which point the relationship between the integrated parts allows me to highlight and magnify the specificity of each and every part. In Chachma, in the world of the Balhatanya, especially in relationship to the Mitlarebbe, there is a full expression of an idea without much room to break it open and see all of the interconnected parts. What Bina introduces is the possibility of now shattering open the Chachma and allowing ourselves to see the various parts that exist within it. Applied to the second metaphor, if Chachma is the mind, Bina is the heart. Ani Bina li gevura or Bina Liba, as the Tikkun says. The Mitla Rebbe is the application of the teachings of his father, the Balatanya, which existed and operated in the Mayach of Chachma, and it's the application to the Mayach of Bina. It's drawing those ideas down from the cold sobriety of the mind and drawing them into the intensity and, and the almost feverish warmth of the heart. Now, this is not to say that the Mittler Rebbe was stuck in a frenzy of emotion, God forbid. The Mittler Rebbe was as sober in emotion as it comes, as we're going to see in our Vauri Yashirim, especially with regards to Kuntras Haespalus, and the Mittler Rebbe's basically condensation and, and minimization to the point of a halacha, of what it means to be somebody who feels things in an ecstatic way, in a fervor type of way, with excitement, with his palus. And what we'll see very quickly is that the Mittler Rebbe was not someone who was given over to emotions. But the Mittler Rebbe was doing a very specific mechanism of drawing down the Torah where he was applying the ideas from that objective space of the mind of Chachma and applying them to the subjective space of emotions, of the lave. And this is the place of Bina. We know that Bina, even though it's still in a place of Moichin, even though Bina is still in a place of clarified vision in the sense that it is not susceptible to disintegration, it's not susceptible to pollution or self-interest, nevertheless, in relationship to Chachma, Bina is going to be considered minimization, it's going to be considered fragmentation, it's going to be considered an expansivity of details, and this is what we find in the writings of the Mitla Rebbe. The Mitla Rebbe expands and 
and expands and expands and takes a klal, which the Balatanya is Mazbir, and he applies it into 20, into 30 pratim. So it's the ability to take the klal of Chachma and apply it through Havana Sadavar Mitoch Davar to all various pratim in order so that we can see how the whole disintegrates into various parts. But the Chiddush of the Mitlarebbe and this is the unique capacity of the Mitla Rebbe and any tzaddik really who's makusher to the world of Bina, to this world of particularization, is that very often when a person descends into the world of particularization, they lose the light of the general quality. They lose the light of Chachma. A person who descends into the nitty-gritty details that have broken apart from some original whole that is no longer present. So the assumption is that one has lost the ability to hold on to that unifying thread of Chachma. But when a person learns the writings of the Mitla Rebbe, a person sees something profound. That the Mitla Rebbe, for all of the expansivity and the elongation and the hisrach v'sadvarim and the rep repetition and spending so many words saying similar ideas, the Mitla Rebbe never loses focus of the middle point, of the essential point of the Sugya, which is another way of understanding the word Mitla Rebbe, the middle point. It's the Nikuda Emtsois. The middle can be something that grasps two polarities, a right and a left and a middle, so it bridges those two gaps. But the middle can also be representative of the center unifying point that holds all things together. And this is as true for the Mitla Rebbe's writings. The Mitla Rebbe is expansive, 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 particulars upon particulars upon particulars, pages and pages and pages describing seemingly the same thing, yet one never loses track of the integral in Nekuda HaPnimis of what the Mitla Rebbe is trying to say. You see this in other tzaddikim who are makusher to the light of Bina as well. You see this in the writings of Rabbi Nasan of Nimerov in Lukuti HaLachos that he could expand and expand and expand and expand yet nevertheless always bringing us right back to the innermost Nekuda. You see this also by the Leshem Shmada Chaloyma, a tzaddik who is also makusher to the world of Bina that he wrote expansivity, expansivity, elongated ma Amarim, but nevertheless always ensuring that the reader is brought right back to the centermost point. So the Chiddush of the Mitla Rebbe is that yes, it is a drawing down of the Chachma of the Balhatanya into the particularizations of the emotionality of the heart, yet nevertheless it never loses sight of the Nakuda of Chachma. It's the secret as the Mitla Rebbe points out and we're going to see in the beginning of Kuntras Espalas as well as in the beginning of Shah Yichud that this Inyan this Inyan is what is referred to as the Havin V'chachma V'chacham B'bina. The Mitla Rebbe uncovered the Bina that was inherent within the Chachma of his father. Meaning to say the Mitla Rebbe was not doing something new. He was doyle umashke meitoyres rabbeinu. He drew down the Torah of his father, yet he expanded it, which means to say that the Mitla Rebbe is not coming up with new particulars or new fragmented ideas that were not present and inherent in the potential of the general categories of the Balhatanya, chas v'shalom, but rather he was uncovering the latent potency of the particular that existed in a negated way within the Chachma of his father, the Balhatanya. This is the secret of Havin b'chachma, 
that within Chachma itself already, within the general categorization of the general idea, inherent in a potential form, yet unmanifested and unactualized, is the applicability and the possibility of drawing down this Nakuda into infinite places. Which means that when we find ourselves in the Mitlarebbe, yes, the Mitlarebbe is going to take us into places in the Sugya of, of Bina, Nobody like the Mitlarebbe goes as far into the Sugya of Bina. As we're going to see, Bina is fragmentation, Bina is severity, Bina is Gvura, Bina is the opposite of Yisrael, Bina in relationship to Chachma is, is the minimization and the Gvura. And when a person learns the Torah of the Mitlarebbe, we're going to see in Taras Chaim, the Ma'amar, and Parshas Vayishlach, Devarim Niflaim, nobody goes as far to hint at the very possibility of the redemption that can be found in the severity of things, in the broken apart nature of things, in the Bina of all things. But the Mitlareva is never leaving us alone in the world of Bina Chas V'Shalom, where we can find ourselves in fragmentation. He's always drawing the fragmentation back up to the world of Chachma so that the severity and the multiplicity and the fragmentation at the heart of the Mitlareva's Torah, which makes human experience so validated, those who find themselves in the Mitlarebbe, I can only speak for myself, but learning the Mitlarebbe is an incredibly validating thing because so many of the experiences that the modern individual experiences in the sensibilities of postmodernism and existentialism, the Chule V'chule L'Havdil, what one finds in the writings of the Mitlarebbe is, oh my gosh, there were Tzadike Yesod Oilam who were speaking in the very same Lashonos, but in the Osios of Kabbalah and the Osios of Hasidus. Nobody like the Mitlarebbe leaves as much room for the for the willingness to descend down into that marid chushbina that the Balatanya only hints to in Tanya. Nobody like the Mitlarebbe takes us as far down into tohu, into particularization, into the choshech, into the darkness, into the intensity of Yitzchak v'chulei, but the Mitlarebbe never leaves us there. Yes, there's maror in the teachings of the Mitlarebbe. One can say that the Mitlarebbe's teachings are, on a certain level, the teachings of Maror, but it's never a Maror that's without a Matzah. It's a Maror that is part and parcel of the Matzah. It's a Koyrech experience. It's the Koyrech, it's taking the Maror and bringing it into the Matzah, allowing the Matzah to become even stronger as a result of the Maror. And this is something that we're going to try and be very, very careful of, or I'm going to try and be very careful of, because there's a natural tendency of myself to, to find the Maror and to identify in the Mitlarebbe, oh, here's a Tzaddik who spoke about Maror, here's a Tzaddik who spoke about particularization and severity. And I promise you there are lines in the Mitlarebbe's infinite library nearly that are so poignant and can be become so intoxicating in their validation of the hither side of experience and the severity of things that one can, God forbid, come to think that perhaps it's within the severity itself or the Marishchaira itself that one is supposed to find the light. But what we find over and over and over in the Mitlarebbe is that it's a Bina that is Megala Achachma. It's not a Bina in and of itself, God forbid, that separates the unified whole, but rather it's a Bina that is Megala, how deeply large the Balatanya was. And we're going to see this. We're going to see this over and over. But before before we go weiter into some of the introductions that we're going to be using for this, I want to read something from Rav Levi Yitzchak, the Rebbe of 
the seventh Labavitcher Rebbe, Schusio Ganelenu, one of the most remarkable thinkers of Torah I believe to have ever existed, the creativity and the willingness to identify in Gematrias and Ramaz and the Torahs of the Arizal within the teachings of Hasidus, which is not necessarily something found as explicitly in the writings of the Nesie Chabad. You find it very much by the Tamidim of Chabad. You find this much more by Raphael Paracher. You find this much more by Rav Yitzchak Isaac Humler, And you find it very much in the writings of Rav Levi Yitzchak as well because they were more osik in the osios of Kabbalah itself. So what Rav Levi Yitzchak is pointing out in Bereshus, and this is from a Yalkut Levi Yitzchak al but all the Sarim of Rav Levi Yitzchak are incredible. His Hagos on the Shulchan Aruch, on the Zohar, on Shas, Devarim Neflayim Umeirim Einenu, but over here, he's being masbir, what the Arizal describes, that there is a three-staged process in which existence or something comes into manifestation. It's referred to as or, mayim, and rakia, amar, aleph, memoresh. Or is something in its refined state where it doesn't yet exist in any physicalized form. But the process of the Seder HaShtalshalis is the slow and steady congealment of the refinement of spirituality to the point that it becomes something graspable, yet never becoming some gross object that is defined by its measurements. So it's a descending process of or, something refined to a particularly impossible degree, Mayim, which is the next stage of congealment. Mayim is kind of closer to an object than light, but nevertheless, it's still not necessarily considered an object. And then Rikia becomes the Rikia Hamavdil, becomes that which creates separation. So these three stages are also identified with the unfolding process of Chabad, Chachma, Bina, and Das. Chachma is like Or, which is something that is ungraspable in its refinement. Uh, I know it's there. There's a kayak of ma. I know something is here, but I don't know exactly what it is. In the end of the day, it's ma papashta. What have I in the end ever come to identify? Then that that chachma descends down into a bina. That bina is going to be much more associated with mayim, which is the beginningness of congealment, the gvura samayim. The Vilnagon points out, and Rav Yitzchak's cover points out in his Bior on Chumash in Aderes Eliyahu, that yes, we very often find that Mayim is associated with the ever-flowing nature of Chasadim, but nevertheless, there's a way of looking at Mayim as Gvuros HaGeshamim, as a further congealment. And then there's the Rekia, which is going to be the Das, which is going to be the beginningness of separation. So what Rav Levi Yitzchak does is he identifies these three stages of the Seder HaEshtashlis, or Mayim Rekia, Chachma Bina Das, as the three first generations of Nisiei Chabad, the Balhatanya, the Mitlarebbe, and the Tzemach Tzedek. The Balhatanya, like we said, is going to be Makusher to the Or, and we know this, Torah Or, Lukute Torah, the Tanya, it's all Makusher to an Or, as well as his name, which is Shneir, which is Shnei Or, which we discussed in a shear on the, on the Balhatanya's yard site. So the Balatani is Mokosher to Chachma to Or. It's the beginningness of the concept of something, yet it remains refined in its purified state of Chachma. Then comes the Mitlarebbe, who's Mokosher to the Darga of Mayim, which is the beginning of the congealment of those ideas, which is going to be associated with Bina. And then the Tzemach Tzedek is going to be associated with the Rekia or going to be associated with Das. And I want to look at the words of Rav Levi Yitzchak when it comes to understanding the role of 
the Mitla Rebbe. Admor HaEmtsai, the Mitla Rebbe, who Bechinas Mayim is the aspect of Mayim, it's Chayus, it's where life begins to emerge out of the possibility of life. Vahainu Masha Sifro Al HaToira, Hadrushim Halalu Gufa Shebatoira Or, meaning what the Mitla Rebbe takes from Torah or of the Balatanya, he transforms into a Torah's Chayim, because the transition from or into Chayus is the transition from Chachma into Bina or from the generalized categories of refinement into the particularized stations of intensity. Chayim Dafka, Bechinas Chayus, Kizehu Kamoshin Nimshach, Me Bechinas Or, Lebechinas Chayus, because the Mitla Rebbe is like the aspect of something that is emergent from. That refinement of or into the more congealed element of vitality. And furthermore, and one of the Svarim of the Mitla Rebbe is referred to as Derech Chaim. Again, Zatra of Levi Yitzchak Chaim Dafka, because it's associated with the second stage of emergence, which is Bina. Vishar Svarav Nikru Bashem Sha'arim. And the rest of his Svarim are referred to as Sha'arim, Sha'are Oira, Sha'are Yichud Ve'amuna, Vichule Sha'are Chuva. The reason that the Mitla Rebbe refers to his books as Sha'arim is because they're Makusha to Sha'are Bina, because the Mitla Rebbe is associated with Bina. Bechinas Yitzchak, which is the aspect of Yitzchak, which is the aspect of Gevuros, which is the aspect of the laughter that emerges out of the reversal of all things, which is associated with Bina, as the Tzvarim say, V'nahapaychu, Zakta Arizal, who is the Darga of Bina, which is the source of the Hippoch, which is the place of laughter, because there's nothing funnier than descending into particularization, yet uncovering specific specifically within the particularization, a light that could not be found in the general principles. The Yimsa Mea Sha'arim, and we find that Yitzhak Avinu specifically, when he uncovers his wealth, it's referred to as Mea Sha'arim. And again, that's the reason, says Rav Levi Yitzhak, that the, the Mitla Rebbe is referring to his farim as Sha'arim. V'sifro al Kriya Shema Tzitzis V'tfilin, Nikra Kol Echad Gamkein B'Shem Sha'ar, Sha'ar Kriyat Shema Shar hatzitzis, shar hatfilin, the klalusam, and all of those sharim together are referred to under the general title of imre bina. Again, hinting to the fact that it's all about bina, bina dafka, specifically bina, bechinas yitzchak, the aspect of yitzchak haber derechoyves. It was specifically yitzchak who was able to dig his deep wells, in spite of the fact that there were struggles over the first two. He finally came to the place of rechoyves, and like we said, the referred to the Torah of the Mitla Rebbe as Rechoyve Sanar, which is the aspect of Bina. He wrote so much. He wrote so much. And it makes sense what the Mitla Rebbe He's like the middle of the Avos, which is Yitzchak He was the one who was digging wells. Again, digging well is an act of intensity for the sake of uncovering a hidden depth. A, a hidden depth. The He was like a well. That he was the or He took the of the Balatanya, and he was masbred in a way in Riboy Pratim in an Ofen of Bina that is Megala, how far all of the ideas go. And as anybody sees in the writings of the Mitla Rebbe, it's like a well that expands forward without limit. And this is why you referred to his Svarim in the name of Sha'arim, Imre Bina, Chayim Davka. All of this is Shayach to the Bechina 
of Yitzchak Avinu. Hine histaklu so haisa acher Shabbos kodesh parshas toldos, and the petira of the mitla Rebbe was parshas toldos, which is the Torah of Yitzchak. Shasham meduber meinyan Yitzchak beavodaso behabeiros. So what we find explicitly. And this is brought down in the Lubavitcher Rebbe as well, because this is what he received from his father, that the Avoida of the Mitla Rebbe is an Avoida of Bina. It's an Avoida of being manshech, those ideas that live without a full Bior and expanding them into a space of Bior. And with this understanding, identifying the Mitla Rebbe as Bina, as Yitzchak, as the Gevura that is Megala Asrik Amiti, as the descent into the difficulty of being human, not for the sake of staying there and pressing on the Mara, but rather descending for the sake of ascending afterwards and being Megala, the Teisefes Kishut, the additional adornment that comes about to perfection by way of imperfection, we're going to see that the Avoida of the Mitla Rebbe, the Avoida of the Middle Rebbe, was to be Megala, the Bechina of Bina within Chabad. And as we said, Bina Liba, Bina is the heart. And there is something remarkable, remarkable about the Mitla Rebbe, that as profoundly great and large as this person was, to the extent that his mind was a perpetual flowing fountain of wisdom descending to the point, and this is a story we've told before, that when the Mitla Rebbe was standing ready to say Hasidus, it was silent, yet the Mitla Rebbe was continuing to say Sha, 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 because what he was trying to silence was the flowing movement of his thoughts. There was a perpetual movement of ideas moving through him, yet Nevertheless, the Mitla Rebbe exhibits such a profound sense of empathy, such a profound sense of empathy towards the Hasidim that he was speaking to. The Mitla Rebbe not only is offering or ha'oyres and the deepest teachings of Hasidus, but the Mitla Rebbe was somebody who was mit anien, a his aninus is the language of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, a his aninus of the Mitla Rebbe, the care and ichpatiyut, the willingness to care about what the other Hasidim were feeling, was something that marked the tenure of the Mitla Rebbe. We see this in Igros that are brought down in Beis Rebbe, that the, the Mitla Rebbe is writing letters begging the Kahila, stop bringing these issues to me. Please no longer bring to me the emotional issues. Unless there is something that cannot be dealt with otherwise, go to the judges. Like Yisro told Moshe, I can't handle it, says the Mitla Rebbe. Why? Because everything that he heard was Nogeya ad Hanefesh. The Mitla Rebbe couldn't hear the Ba'ayosa for the other Hasidim and continued to do his Avoidah because he felt so intensely the, the, the Hargashos and the Tsar of the Hasidim. You see this in the Hakdamos nearly to every Sefer. To every Sefer, when you look at the Kuntris palace, for example, the Mitla Rebbe is tracked on ecstasy, what it means to feel something in a healthy way in this world, in a sober way, what it means to feel. The Mitla Rebbe is saying, why am I writing this? Because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be tarred. I know what it's like to be lost in the Klippas Noiga. I know what it's like to be lost in the Bilbulim and the, the confusion of this worldliness. Now, did the Mitla Rebbe actually know what it meant to be lost? We're talking about it. Tzadik Yisoyed Oilam, She'im Kamohu. So it's certainly not for me to ever claim that the Mitla Rebbe was experiencing anything that we can identify as our my sense of lostness. But the Mitla Rebbe was able to empathize the miracle of descending down for the sake of the Hasidim and speaking 
from that place. We're going to see teachings that are so explicit about the role of therapeutic empathy and the joining with others in the writings of the Mittler Rebbe that it puts modern psychological concepts of empathy into a framework of Hasidus. We also know Meisim, but where did the Mittler Rebbe get this from? Where did the Mittler Rebbe get this from? Like we said, Bina is always Mokusher to Chachma. Bina is always Mokusher to Chachma. So what the Mittler Rebbe is being Magala is something that he receives from his father, the Balatanya. This capacity towards empathy. The Mittler Rebbe wrote a book, Paikech Ivrim, on for one alcoholic. There was one alcoholic who was struggling, and the Mittler Rebbe wrote an entire Sefer for him. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe says, here we see the hisaninus, the, the profound level of, of care. But where does such a thing come from? So there are two maisim that a person can identify as the beginning, perhaps, of this empathic grasp of the heart and the understanding of what the heart of another yid is feeling. One of the famous stories is that the Mitla Rebbe was sitting at home. And he was in his boininus, he was in his avoida, he was in the oilam sa'alyonim, he was in a place of shamayim. The Balhatanya identified, he said to Rav Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, my son lives in Shemayim, he's not from this place. The Balatanya wanted to name his son Rav Himnuna Saba. Rav Himnuna Saba is the type of tzaddik who's mukushra to the Levyasan. The Balhatanya in Parshas Beshalach, I believe, in Torah Or, is Mazbir, two different types of tzaddikim. A tzaddik who's the level of a shor habar, and a tzaddik who's on the level of the lev yasan. Both are the sudas that we're going to have, Be'ezra Sashem, Be'kar of Mamish, Be'ezra And the Leshem says, these are sudas Mamish. The avoida of a tzaddik, of the shor habar, is the avoida of a tzaddik from the Almad Iskalia. From the revealed world, the tzaddik who's revealed, the tzaddik who everybody gets to see, and they know this person is a tzaddik. But then you have tzaddikim or makusher to the avoida of the levyasan, who's gonuz b'mayim. Rav Himnuna Saba, the dag hagadol, as the Zerah Kaddish refers to him, he comes from the place of almad iskasya. And what the Balatanya said to the Rav Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, it says that he comes from almad iskasya, meaning to say that the avoida of the the Mitla Rebbe was to draw down, to come down from almad Iskasia and to be Megala, what it means to have Ikhpatiyut, to care for the Hasidim. So the Mitla Rebbe was in Himmel, he was living in his own mind, and the Balatanya was also doing his Avoida. And famously, there was a baby crying. And the Balatanya was able to awaken himself out of his, his boindness, out of those Yehudim, for the sake of going to care for that child. But the Mitla Rebbe continued in his avoida. He continued in his espoinanus. And what the Balatanya, the Maisa says, comes along and he tells the Mitla Rebbe that nishtazoi, this is not the derech. The derech is to interrupt the espoinanus for the sake of being there for the child. The espoinanus is for the tachlis of empathy. The tachlis of the espoinanus is a dir betachtoinim, an achbatiyut, a care towards the chasidim. And this becomes something so profoundly powerful in the writings of the Mittler Rebbe. Another Misa famously is that the 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 Balatanya, the Balatanya taught, whether it was to the Mittler Rebbe or whether it was to the Tzemach Tzedek, but he taught that who is, who is the Balatanya? What is the Balatanya? And I believe it may have been the Tzemach Tzedek, 
but the Tzemach Sedek pointed to the hat of the Balatanya, and he says, there's Zaidi. And the Balatanya said, no, that's not Zaidi. And he pointed to the beard of him, and he said, no, that's not Zaidi. And then what the Tzemach Sedek understood to do was as he was walking out, he was a precocious child, so to speak, and he pretended to get his finger stuck in the door, and he cried out. And the Balatanya stood up and ran to him to help. And the Tzemach Sedek said at that point, oh, there's Zaidi. There's Zaidi. The, the, who is the mensch? What is the person? It's the ikhbatiyut. It's the willingness to care. And we find this in the writings of the Mitla Rebbe. The stories go that the Mitla Rebbe would not be makabal a kvittal. He would not be makabal in yechidus. He would not take a vidui from another chassid until he was able to identify the source of that chassid's issue within himself, in his own way. And the Maisa goes that there was somebody who came to the Mitla Rebbe with such a bio, with such a problem, that the Mitla Rebbe could not move forward because he could not identify this area within himself. He could not move forward until he came to the recognition that, oh, what I'm experiencing is the klipa of he'elem hara, the concealment of negativity. But the empathy that the Mitla Rebbe had for his Hasidim is rooted in that bina of the lave, in that willingness to understand, in that willingness to be present, and to not live only in Shemayim and Chachma, but to come down into a place of bina to understand what it is to be down here in this world. The Mitla Rebbe... The Mitla Rebbe gives us a, a profound entrance, a profound entrance into what it means to try and be makasher to a tzaddik, what it means to try and be makasher to the tzaddik that we're going to be discussing, which is going to be the Mitla Rebbe. What does it mean to be makasher? What does it mean if a person is not a Lubavitcher chassid necessarily? Rather, a person identifies as a Talmud of the Lubavitcher tzaddikim, or even a person who identifies as a Lubavitcher chassid. We're all Lubavitcher chassidim. We all live in this world through the light of the tzaddikim, through the Yechideh HaDoyres, as Rav Yitzhamayim Morgenstern Shlita points out, that if Shar to even begin to understand the light of Rabbi Nachman without understanding deeply, 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 deeply the Torah of Nesiei Chabad, the Torah of the Balatanya, the Torah of the Mitzvah, Rebbe, as Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman pointed out that Rabbi Nachman's first teaching of that the Jewish person has to perpetually be analyzing the wisdom and the intellect within each thing from here we understand that we have to be learning Tanya meaning to say so we have to whether we're Hasidim of the Lubavitcher Tzadikim or Tamidim of the Lubavitcher Tzadikim what does it mean to try and have Shaykhs to a Tzadik like this so there's a Kuntras that we're going to spend some time on Be'ezrus Hashem where the Mitla Rebbe is describing what it means to go to the Kvarim of Tzadikim what it means to go to the Kvarim of Tzadikim, what it means to be Mishtateach on the Kever, what it means to daven properly. It's a, a kolbo of halachos of what it means to daven by the Kvarim of Tzadikim. And there's something incredible that the Balhatan, the Mitla Rebbe explains. He says as follows, and in these series of Shirim, we're going to try and root ourselves more. I've said this in the past, but we're going to try and do it here a little bit more we're going to try and root ourselves in the osios of the tzaddikim because they gave us their words and we have to pay attention to their words. Zot the Mitlareb, and this is on the in Mamre Admor HaEmtsoi, Kuntresim, which is the Kuntres of Inyan Ashtachavus. Zot the Mitlareb, Amnan Af Oisem Shalo Yadubo, but what about those who don't know the tzaddik or who didn't know the tzaddik? Velohi Kirubo Ba'odu B'chaim Chayuso, but they didn't have the ability to recognize that tzaddik when they were still alive. 
but they spent their time learning the holy books that this tzaddik left behind. And they benefit from the shine of the light of his Torah. And they find strength in the divine service of God. By following the intentions and the directions. It is certain that those who study the books are going to be referred to as a Talmud. Because by studying the works, we have shaykhs. Why? They believe enough in that tzaddik. And they receive the writings of that tzaddik. Because someone who didn't have shaykhs would not even believe in what was being said in these books. To have a in a tzaddik means to be nimshach acher that tzaddik. That's the reason that B'nai Yisrael are referred to as those who have a because they're an aspect. The reason we have a is because we're rooted in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so too, who emunah sa tzaddikim the amuna that we have in the tzaddikim is because we share a shayrish with those tzaddikim. And any branch that is shayach to a root is going to be rooted back after that root. And it is certain that those who are studying the holy books of this tzaddik and these tzaddikim, and they follow in the pathways of Avedis Hashem, api asher hayrehu, that these svarim give us insight into umishta asheya, and they find joy and pleasure and they find a deep pleasure in the light of that tzaddik's Torah. Each and every person who finds light in those svarim is referred to as a Talmud mamish, and a person has the ability then to connect to that tzaddik. And a person has the ability by learning the books to connect to that as if he was still alive in that very same moment. There's another aspect that the Mitla Rebbe offers us, and this comes back again to the Bina, to the lave, to feel what it means to want to be Mekosher to Hasidus. There's an amazing Maisa that the Balatanya had a Sefer Haganus. He had a concealed book of Hasidus, no cover, but all that was written on the cover of it was anybody who opens this book. Anybody who takes a look at this book is going to be chayiv kares in this world and the next. They're going to lose their chaylik in this world and the next chaylik. And the, the Mitla Rebbe had such ga'aguim, such ga'aguim to look at this book, but he never did. And one day there was a fire in the office of the Balatanya, and this book was burnt. And the Balatanya came running to his son, the Mitla Rebbe, saying, Nu, nu, Ber, tell me, tell me, tell me, remind me what was written in there, remind me what was written in there with a fervor. And Mitla Rebbe stands back and he says, you know, like, I, I didn't look. There was an Isakaris on this. And what the Balatanya says is, what's going to be if there's no Messias Nefesh for Hasidus? What's going to be if there's no Messias Nefesh for Hasidus? Meaning, what the Balatanya seems to have been teaching the Mitla Rebbe at this point is that Hasidus is Chaim. Hasidus is a Chaim beyond the life of Gan Eden. Like the Balatanya taught us that I don't want your Gan Eden, I don't want your Elam Haba, I just want you. 
and so too teaching them at the Rebbe that forget about Gan Eden. All the person needs is Divrei Hasidus. And this is really what comes out in the life of the Balatanya, in the life of the Mitla Rebbe. There was a time when the Mitla Rebbe was younger, and as a punishment, the, the Balatanya did not allow him to come and listen to Mamre Hasidus. And what happened was the Mitla Rebbe became so sick that he almost died. He became so sick and bedridden, and he was asked over and over and over, why are you not getting out of bed? He said, Lama li chayim, what life is there for me? What life is there for me? If I'm not going to find the chayis of Hasidus, there's no purpose here. There's no purpose for me to live. And so the Mitla Rebbe was somebody who understood that the Divrei Hasidus, it's not enough for them to be nogeya ad hamoyach. They have to be nogeya ad halev, ad amkus halev. They have to deeply ingrain themselves to the point that I can't live without them. And when a person feels that they can't live without the words of Hasidim, that becomes the kli, that becomes the vessel necessary to allow a person to understand Hasidus properly. When a person opens up the Svarim of the Mitla Rebbe, for example, the question prior to the text has to be, how am I going to find life on this page? How is this mimer going to give me life? And if I can look at the words of the tzaddikim with that perspective, then I'm going to be a kli ra'i to be makabel chasidus. As we've said so often in our shirim, in the name of the Mitla Rebbe, what he heard in the name of his father, the Balatanya, who heard directly from the mouth of his teacher, the Magad of Mezrich, who heard from his teacher, the Baal Tov, that there is nobody who is capable of understanding the true depths of Panimia Satora, that there is nobody who has the capacity to understand Panimia Satora other than those who have that natural proclivity to the generalized forms of melancholia without any symptomatic expression of it necessarily, but an awareness of it. That becomes the Kli Ra'oi. As it's written, the heart is worried within the mensch. And when the heart is worried within the mensch, when a person approaches Debri Hasidus as if their life depends on it, as if it's the Chaim itself, that's when a person is going to become a Kliroi to understand Tarasa Hasidus. The Rebbe, Rasha, the Rebbe Maharash, the fifth, the fifth Admor, said that all of the Svarim that the Mitla Rebbe wrote are Klali. They're for everybody. There's svarim that each and every, I'm sorry, all of the svarim that the Mittler ever wrote were specific. They were written for specific individuals, specific circumstances, except for three of them. There's the Shah Hayichud, which is for everybody to understand and allow the ideas of Shara Yichud Ve'emuna of the Valatanya to be mislabesh in the in the heart. There is the Shari Oira, which is the Mitla Rebbe's teachings on Hanukkah and Purim, which the Maharash refers to as the Aleph base of Hasidus. And then there's Kuntra says Talis. But when you look at the Hakdama of Shara Emuna and Shara Yichud, as well as Shari Oira, there's a Lashon that I find so fundamental to what we're trying to describe. After explaining why he's writing these teachings, what the Balhatanya, what the Mitla Rebbe says is as follows. He says that Ki ein kan rak devarim melukatim umiyusadim al darche or ha emes sheheir lanu ab moiri hagoinzal. That here all we find is a collection of teachings that is based upon the heart of what all of us have heard already from my father, from the light of my father, the the Balatanya. Bidrashosav shenes kablu kvar belev kol shemeya. 
that each and every person has heard them. And anybody who is yearning towards it properly, and again, what does it mean? It means that a person has to need the divrei Torah. The Mitla Rebbe was not giving Jerushim. The Mitla Rebbe was not giving Vortlach. The Mitla Rebbe was giving Chayim. He was giving Chayus. And a person only draws themselves closer to the Chayim if they feel that without this Chayim, I'm dead. Yimtza Margua Lenafsho. This Lashon the Mitla Rebbe uses in the Hakdama Tener Mitzvah or as well as to the Hakdama of Shari Oira, that with the proper Hishtoikikus, Yimtza Margua Lenafsho. A person is going to find comfort. To their hearts. A person is going to find a comfort. Again, in the Hakdama Tashari Oira, Zaktamit Lareba, Ulazois Ra'ilchol Ish Vish. And for this it is appropriate for each and every person, Litain Libo Vidaiso, to give their heart and their mind over, Lahair Nafshob or Hachaim, to allow their lives to be illuminated with the light of life, with the near mitzvah and the Torah or with the candle of a mitzvah and the light of the Torah of Hanukkah and Purim Dover Bi Itomatov, the Imkain Nasati Rishus Lahatis Akuntrasim, the Hule Vihule, and he says as follows. That if a person learns these writings properly, they will find comfort to their soul. A person who does not feel a discomfort in their soul or a natural proclivity to that is not going to say, read this book because it will offer you comfort. A person who feels that discomfort and realizes that the only comfort is going to come from the Torah, that's a person who's going to teach us that the Torah is going to be a meshivas nafesh. It's going to be medaber el halev. The Mitla Rebbe quite literally would have died without Torah Sachasidas. And that's what a person has to feel in order to enter properly into the teachings of the Mitla Rebbe. The Tzemach Tzedek famously said, or I believe it's brought down from the Rebbe Rashab in Torah Sholom, that if you were to cut the Mitla Rebbe, he would bleed Chasidus. He would bleed Chasidus, meaning that the Dam Hu Nefesh, the Chayis is Chasidus. I can't live without Chasidus. A person can't live without the ideas of the Mitla Rebbe. Because without the Mitla Rebbe, we wouldn't know how to take the Tohu of ourselves and transform it into a place of Oiris the Tohu Bekelem de Tikkun. A person wouldn't know how to take that Marash Chayra Hamushrish Boimene Urov in order to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person wouldn't know what it meant to have his Spa'alus in Sheket, to, to live an inner life of, of emotion with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a nigun that's brought down, there's a song that's brought down that the Talmidim of the Balata, of the Mitla Rebbe used to sing. I don't know the Yiddish of it, but in Hebrew it's Al ma Do not worry, my children, what is going to be with us. V'im hachayim shalanu. Do not worry what's going to be with our lives. V'im asideinu. Do not worry what's going to be with our future. Nagia lekretshma. We're going to arrive at the inn. V'nim sacham mashu And we're going to find something to drink there. And the way that the Hasidim touched up this song is that the kretshma, the malon, is the mitlarebbe. It's the malon be'emtza haderech. It's on the middle of the path. A person is going to be wandering and they're going to find a kretschma. They're going to find the place. And we don't have to worry. We're going to find something to drink. We're going to find the mayim chayim of the rechoiva sanahar, of the deep depths of kedusha that come out. What I want to end with tonight is something remarkable. That a week before the Mitla Rebbe died, the Mitla Rebbe only lived 
till 54 years old, which is Gematria Dan, which is associated with Din, which is connected the 54 times that Haman Harasha's name is brought down in the Megillah to be Mavato, that Koyach Malik by being Mazbir things in such a way that there's no longer so much room for Sveikos. But the Mitla Rebbe, and we're going to see the Mitla Rebbe's birthday was Tes Kislev and his yard site was Tes Kislev because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as Chazal say, are Malay the years of the Tzadikim, that they begin with a test. The Os test is the Toiva Gonus Begave, as the Zayar Kadosh says. The, the goodness is hidden within it. It's the Or HaGonus. It's a hidden light. It's a subtle light. It's a sober light that exists within the month of light. Kislev is the Hakdama to Yat Kislev, which is a Hakdama to Hanukkah. And the Mitla Rebbe's Ma'asar and the Mittler Rebbe's in, in jailment and his kind of being stuck for revealing too much Torah, all of this is deeply rooted in the Avoida of the Mittler Rebbe. But a week before the Mittler Rebbe was Nifter, the Mittler Rebbe gave over a mimer, which is referred to as Lahavin Inyan Lekichas An Sheikhail. With regards to the Indian of the forced conscription of Jewish children into a Russian army, this is something that was taking place, and there's writings on this that show that this was Nogea Adha Nefesh for the Mitla Rebbe. The question that the Mitla Rebbe was asking, the question that the Mitla Rebbe was ultimately asking was, how could it be that there could be a Yid in this world who doesn't have the ability to be Makayim Tayru Mitzvos? They don't have the ability. And what the Mitla Rebbe is Mazbir is that ultimately the whole tachlis of the Geniza of these Yidim, these Jews who are not able to do Torah and Mitzvos is because in Golos, Ani Yeshena Velibi Er. In Golos, the heart is asleep and the heart does not feel the intense drive towards Torah and Mitzvos. That there's a bitl of many of the Mitzvos or the Torah that a person can access. And so what happens is, is that there's a Kitrug on Kal Yisrael. There's a Kitrug on Kal Yisrael because they're not showing the desire necessary to do Torah and Mitzvos. And Zat the Mitla Rebbe, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings it about, Lo Aleinu, that there are certain Yidin who find themselves in a place where they're actually quite literally not able to engage in those Torah and Mitzvos. And when they're in a state of not being able to have Torah and Mitzvos, they experience a Hishtoikakus, they experience the Tzamal Chanafshi, Kamal Chabasari. In the place where Torah and Mitzvah is impossible, the yearning desire, the Pintalayid, the Yechidah Shavanefesh, what the Mitla Rebbe speaks about so often, as we're going to see, becomes awoken and it reveals that Be'emes, no, 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 Be'emes, even though the Yidin are not doing Torah and Mitzvah, they want to do Torah and Mitzvah. And the Raya is that those who are not able to do it are yearning with a deep desire for it. So what the Mitla Rebbe is pointing out towards the end of his life, mamish before the end of his life, is that sometimes a person is going to find themselves in a state where they are not able to be the type of Yid they want to be, where they're not able to express their connection to God in the way they want to connect to God for all of the infinite reasons that all of us know in, in our innermost experiences. But there's a desire, there's an undying tachuka aza to be magalak shemayim from within the concealment, and that desire itself Self, that desire itself is what is Megala, the Ahava that Klai Yisrael has towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the Bina that's Megala, the deep desire of Tshuva to return. It's the Mius B'chayim Mamish. It's the inability to live in this world even for a second without the Or HaChayim, without the light of Hasidus. And there's an incredible Misa. There's an incredible Misa 
that's brought down at the end of Lekitchas Anshei Chayil, that the Lubavitcher that Rav Menachem Mendel Futafaser left the Lubavitcher and he started running around looking for Lekitchas Anshei Chayil, Lekitchas Anshei Chayil, and they couldn't find the writings, and at first they only found half of the writings, then they found the second half of the writings, but there was a deep desire for Lekitchas Anshei Chayil, and later on it was Muzver, and if I bring in why, because there was Rav Menachem Futafaser was leaving, he was leaving wherever he was, and he was going into, into the place that he was going to, and Lubavitcher Rebbe understood the halacha is that you can't be to yourself from a friend unless it's bedavar halacha. And the davar halacha was lakicha sanchechayil because it gives a very specific way of functioning in exile. And this is the lashon. This is the lashon that's brought down. So, so the Rebbe says, because of the absence of the desire of the Jewish people to accomplish their mitzvos, most of the mitzvos were negated, and all that exists is the Paz mitzvos, the 87 mitzvos that we have the ability to accomplish in exile. And afterwards, when there's a din and there's a kitchug on Kal where people who can no longer, even when we're doing mitzvos, we're not doing them properly. And in order to negate that kitchug, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is he creates this matzav where there's l'kichas anshei chayil me'esrol l'melchamachas v'shalom, a forced conscription of Jewish children into armies where they can no longer engage. And when there's an actual prevention on them from accomplishing the Torah and mitzvos, they are in a profound level of pain. Mitzta'arim utzawakim. Vatsar hazeh. And this pain, hu haraya, is the proof sheba'emmes yesh lahem tainag b'kiyom ha-mitzvos. The pain that they experience and their inability to accomplish the Torah and mitzvos is the biggest proof that in truth the deepest tainug is the Torah and mitzvos. Ki yadua shetzar tali ba'inag. As we know from that the amount of pain is directly correlative to the pleasure that one would have if they were able to engage in that thing. And this is what is and ah, what happens? They can't do the mitzvos. How is that fair? The yusurin and the tsar that a person feels over the richuk of not being able to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And again, this is the final message, one of the final messages of the Mitla Rebbe. It's that this pain over for not being the Yidin that we want to be. This Chuka Aza is in fact the very thing that's going to be Megala and reveal our ability to do it properly in the future. And then Chveit Kedushas Admor Siyem Behisragshus. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe ended as follows. And with this we can understand why nowadays there are so many of Bnei Yisrael who don't have the ability to accomplish the mitzvos. None of this is from the aspect of a punishment, but rather this is a chesed and a rachamim from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why? Ki b'schus zeh, in the merit of their inability to accomplish the mitzvos. Shehem soivlin, that they suffer as a result of this. Mitbatel ha-kitra dal the deep desire that emerges out of the inability to be the type of yid that we want to be because of whatever is going on internally, externally, is the very proof that we want to be Makusha Takadish Baruch. Why? Because when a yid cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When a yid screams out to the Rabbi this is in and of itself a rectification for the entire nation of the Jewish people. Because we see here that it's nogeya ad hanafesh, that I can't live without it. Because 
Hamikdash Hashlishi. And what we see here, the last teaching, Lekichas An Shechayil, is the very same Nakuda that we've been talking about. The Teshuka Az that lives at the heart of each and every Yid, in the Bina of each and every Yid, to force themselves over and over to be Makashat HaKadosh Baruch Hu from within the Tsar of Atsuka, from within the Gedarim of Bina. And what we're going to see is that the Mitlarebbe goes from a place of Bina, from a place of limitation, from a place of severity and particularization, and he's going to be Megala to us, how it's specifically there that we can learn to live B'menucha, specifically there that we can learn to live in, in a place of, of Himmel, of, of Shemayim, to be a Rafim Nunasaba. And Be'ezra Sashem and Nishirim, we're not going to come anywhere near of doing justice to any of the Svarim of the Mitlareb of Ifnei Atzmam. The only way to do justice is to learn the Svarim, to learn Kuntras Aspalas, to learn Shara Munavayichud. What the Mitlarebbe wanted to give his life for was that Jews should speak Hasidus to one another. Jews should be standing on the street corners discussing Atik and Arich, discussing Yichud Ilah and Yichud Tata. There's no fear anymore. A person has Rishus and a demand to live with these teachings in a way that we will feel a spiritual death if we are not talking in the highest Dargin in Hasidus and Kabbalah. And Be'ezra Sashem, what we'll try and do is a little bit of a survey, go into different sugyos of the Mitlarebbe to give us a little bit of a taste of who this Tzaddik was and the Svarim that he left behind so that all of us, whether we know it or not, Tamidim Amitim of such a tzaddik Bezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye, bye, bye.